Welcome to the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grantech. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grantech, where we give our audience a look into the world of manufacturing with a focus on those modern technology trends that we commonly call Industry 4.0. Uh, our guests join us to share their thoughts on the subject, their experiences around what works and what doesn't, and we all share some tips on uh, how to lead you through a successful digital transformation. My name is Sam Russum. I'm the Senior Director of Smart Manufacturing Solutions at Grantech, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Logan Terry at Grantech. Logan is a Senior Manager of Strategic Account Management. Uh, he works in Grantech's Vancouver office and joined the company in 2016 as a systems designer, as many of us at Grantech tend to do. Uh, Logan has been involved in a huge number of projects and activities at Grantech from engineering to project management, and now he sits on our business development side. Um, he's really shown just incredible project and technical leadership, managing small, large, and complex projects. And today, Logan is primarily responsible for driving some industry oversight and defining our growth strategy around the life sciences vertical. So, Logan, so happy to have you here today. Thanks so much, Sam. Appreciate the introduction. Yeah. Um, well, hey, uh, we always like to kind of get started with a, a big kind of open-ended, you know, let's see if let, let's dive into Industry 4.0 type question. What does Industry 4.0 mean to you? Yeah, and obviously it's a it's a great question, and I think uh, there's a lot of different answers that people could have for this. I mean, by definition, obviously Industry 4.0 is the fourth industrial revolution, um, leveraging in digital technologies in an industrial environment to improve not only efficiencies but the manufacturing process as a whole, production processes, quality, etc. Um, but to me, Industry 4.0 um, really comes down to, to two kind of phases to, to implement Industry 4.0. And the, and the first is more um, surrounding the interconnection of disparate devices and systems, right? Um, not only make systems or devices self-aware of themselves, but, but aware of other systems and, and devices within the facility. So creating that sort of uh, exposed or transparent data flow between not only a system singular, but the systems that make up the manufacturing facility. Um, now, obviously, once you have all of that interconnection completed, then you can really start to leverage some of the, the higher powers of Industry 4.0, where um, you get into centralized data collection, a single source of truth for your entire manufacturing data flow. Um, once you have that, you can start to leverage even higher level applications like AI or machine learning to start to do higher level analysis of the data. And, and really, that's where the power of Industry 4.0 comes in, when you can start to leverage digital solutions to automate or make the decision process more efficient so you're not just relying on the human um, interaction with the data to develop information that you then base your decision making process off of um, you can start to automate that um, me personally um, now that i focus uh, largely in the life sciences vertical um, industry 4.0 concepts are being applied there and, and, and isp coined this term pharma 4.0 back in in 2017 and it takes a lot of these same concepts that have been used in industry 4.0 in, in non-regulated space for for many years now and starts to apply them in a heavily regulated industry like the pharmaceutical manufacturing mm -hmm. space yeah no that's great and good explanation uh you, you definitely you're you're making me think so uh, i'm just coming off the the thanksgiving uh holiday here uh sorry the thanksgiving holiday break here in the u.s right so uh I've had to explain to a lot of parents and family members what Industry 4.0 and my job is. <laughs> so I have all these new analogies going, right? And you're talking about kind of getting all of these things to talk to each other. 
like, again, like a lot of people that might not know as much what goes on in the shop floor don't realize that like a lot of these machines production lines, like essentially have their own little internet network, right? Like they only talk to the things that are directly on their manufacturing line. So you have like a bunch of little cultures or internets kind of all around your plants. And then you need to get all these talking to each other. And then you need to get them talking to the real internet to actually use AI and machine learning and things like that. So kind of talking about all these segmented networks, getting all of them to be exchanging data and working together, and then hopefully being able to pipe all that out of the plant. And then totally uh, really excited to see kind of what happens with ISPE and the Pharma 4.0 initiative, right? Like Pharma 4.0, as far as I understand it, like, right, not a not a new thing, more of kind of like a twist, a modification, kind of like ways that we're taking industry 4.0 principles that apply to all sorts of manufacturing and saying, but specifically for pharma, this is kind of how you would implement some of that. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry obviously is very risk adverse, right? And and for good reason. So it's how do you take some of these similar concepts that other manufacturers uh, in, in let's say less risk adverse industries um, have been deploying and, and gaining benefits from for so long, how do you deploy them in a repeatable and a predictable way that that your quality doesn't uh, your your quality isn't hindered yeah, by totally it, right? uh cool so so i know the right answer to this question so this is more of a quiz for you but tell me how grand tech <laughs> kind of approaches digitalization in industry 4.0 and the way that we as a company kind of helped to, to move that mission forward yeah absolutely so i think uh you could probably answer but i'm not allowed to this is your interview yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah um, so obviously Grand Tech, we're, we're a full stack, full stack systems integrator. Um, we're heavily focused on the digitalization journey for our clients across all four layers of the ISA 95 stack. So be it from intelligent devices through your PLC or DCS up through your MES or MOM, and then into your ERP, the layer four, right? Um, and really we pride ourselves on not only being able to implement these digitalization initiatives for our clients upon request, when they kind of know what roadmap they want to follow, they know their business objectives and what solutions will meet those business objectives for them. Um, but that's not always the case, right? Sometimes people struggle to correlate a digitalization effort with a true ROI or how that, that uh, initiative will meet their, their business objectives, right? Um, and sometimes they don't even know exactly what their true business objectives are from a digitalization perspective, right? And that's where our consulting services really come into play, where we can help them through that early journey to define what their true needs are, um, what solutions or technologies best meet those needs when it comes to a digitalization uh, investment, right? Um, and then we can help guide them through that entire process. So from conception to implementation to in the pharma industry validation or call. Yeah, great point. And the only thing I might add to it too, is that like, we don't need to do that full like end to end process to be valuable in it, right? There's plenty of customers that maybe they've already gone to some consulting house or have internal resources, making that overall five-year roadmap, what you're going to do for industry 4.0. Grant Tech can take that and start talking about how we implement it, just do the implementation, right? There's kind of a lot of pieces and parts that we can kind of take to, to help build out that journey. But no, I, I think that that's great. And you're right. I, I think that that whole process from designing and defining those objectives through the technical design, through the implementation and validation uh, is really important. And also it may be even important to think about how validation is valuable beyond just the life sciences industry right like um so in life sciences we have this concept of data integrity right to be able to show that any piece of data that we're making decisions on is is a true and accurate representation of the real world right because that can you know what, what's the point if you're not um and while it's like a legal requirement in pharma 
it's a good requirement for a lot of people to make sure that you're not getting all this junk data yeah. and that you're really making value um, decisions based on the right information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Cool. So speaking of those like five-year roadmaps, um, so great idea of where Grand Tech is today. Where do you see our company growing in the future over the next three to five years to, to get even deeper into uh, Industry 4.0 and bring that to more of our customers? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Grand Tech, obviously, we're, we're a solutions provider, right? Um, so we are not a singular tech technology provider. We try to provide the best solutions for our clients based on what their current needs are or objectives mm -hmm. are. Um, and because of that, we're constantly evaluating our clients' needs. We're communicating with them to understand what their true objectives are, comparing those objectives and needs to the new technologies that are emerging um, to try to find and, and basically correlate the best suited technology or, or solution um, to help our client through their 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 uh, uh, objectives, right? How how they how they go from a conceptual plan to actually realizing the benefits or or um, reporting up to their their management that they have achieved the goals they were set out to for yeah. that fiscal year, right? Um, but apart from being a solutions provider, where uh, a solution for one client can be very different than the same sort of solution for another client based on what their current technology stack is, there's a lot of customized development that goes into that. But as a whole, as you're aware, we also have our products group at Grand Tech where we are developing more productized solutions that meet sort of those common shared, um, I would say they, they, they solve common problems or, or they, they fit a certain mold that a lot of our clients share, right? Um, one of which is our newly released Cloud EMS uh, product. Um, some of you, some of the listeners may have uh, seen some posts about that recently. And if you haven't, I highly suggest you go and check it out. Uh, but Cloud EMS is, is a fully 21 CFR Part 11 compliant solution and infrastructure, uh, as well as an application for environmental monitoring within the life sciences industry. Um, beyond that, we have our digital signage application, as well as our material re request system um, that both kind of make up a part of our digital cleanroom solutions offerings. Um, all of these offerings are striving to assist manufacturers automate processes that were very much previously manual um, and very subject to human error. And we automate that and remove that human error uh, portion of it. So um, over the next five years, obviously, we're not going to we're not going to stop striving to find these solutions that best fit our clients needs um, and we like to uh, we like to imagine or believe that we'll stay at the forefront of that and continue to offer high value solutions for all yeah of no totally and um certainly something that I, I i hold near and dear to my heart since i lead a lot of those product efforts for grand tech right um like, like a lot of the analogies you pull i always keep on pulling the sandwich analogy too like look you can go to the grocery store and you can buy your bread and your condiments and your leaves and your cheeses or whatever and make your own sandwich or you can go to Grand Tech, which is like a sandwich shop, hopefully, where we have like, no, no, there's like 12 <laughs> specials that we have on the board and you can still customize them. You can still take things on or off or whatever, but we do have a bunch of recommendations that are very quick and easy for us to make and we know how to do it every time. So yeah, I think, think that's super valuable. Um, as you were talking about kind of that that first part of it around like kind of how Grand Tech goes and approaches this, you know, again, we, we talked a couple of times about how it starts with the challenges and, and the problems that our customers, these manufacturers are trying to solve what are some of the big challenges that you see manufacturers coming to you with today um, as they're looking for industry 4.0 solutions? Yeah, definitely. I think um, in my experience and, and being around the industry for the last seven years, I think uh, there's two main challenges that our clients face in the manufacturing space. 
Um, and the first sort of is, is around the remediation work or effort that's required just to be able to implement industry 4.0 or pharma 4.0 technologies, right? And really start to gain value, which is that um, interconnectivity of systems to allow them to speak to one another. So you have this uh, centralized data collection and uh, centralized repository of data that you can then convert to information to help automate the decision-making mm -hmm. process, right? Um, there's a lot of remediation work that goes in there, such as OT network improvements to enable connectivity, software upgrades, operating system upgrades, to allow the installation and implementation of new platforms that, that you're looking to implement. Um, and all of these efforts can, can take up what, what could be a feasible project and drastically expand the scope of that to um, something that, that's maybe not feasible in a single fiscal year or a few fiscal years, right? Um, it'll require a lot more, not only capital investment, but resource investment yeah. as well. Um, from from very valuable and 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 um, internal resources that are already spread pretty thin in many organizations, right? Yeah. So so it sounds um, like part of what you're saying there is that like while we had while a lot of our customers have these ambitions towards Industry 4.0, there's a lot of groundwork that they are still working on that could be arguably Industry 3.0 or other prep work that kind of needs to get done before that. Kind of the you got to learn how to dribble the ball down the court before you can you know get a slam dunk, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and that's another area that that Grant Tech can add a lot of value is how do you break these now large projects up into bite-sized pieces that you can manage feasibly throughout the with with your available capital that you okay, have. Okay, cool. So so if we get that work done, um, we're we're laying the groundwork, we're getting these systems communicating. What do you think the challenges that we solve after that are going to be in the future? So once these things are talking, what's the value that we get out of it? What do we do in the future that we can't do today? Yeah, exactly. So once you have everything collect, connected and you're collecting data as needed, right, um, you need to do something with that data. Um, collecting data for the sake of just having the data isn't very valuable unless obviously it's for regulatory purposes, right, which then it's very valuable. Um, but let's say you are trying to make uh, optimizations within your, your uh, production process, your manufacturing process, right? Um, you need to analyze that data um, in some form to, to turn it into information that can then be used in the decision-making mm -hmm. process. Um, and, and obviously there's, there's many ways you can achieve that. You can do human analysis uh, using a data scientist or something to help derive these correlations between data patterns and how you should be um, how you should view those data patterns and what you need to do to 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 take action, right? Um, but that's a very manual brute force process where there's there's applications and solutions now that, that are much higher level than that, where it's a it's a digital solution that you can use cloud technologies and and the power of cloud computing to analyze that data and actually spit back usable actions that you can take. Yeah, from it, totally. Right? So, so between kind of that that groundwork that we're laying now and that vision of the future. What is it, in your opinion, that makes a company like Grand Tech and the experience that we have like uniquely suited to be helping our com our customers with Industry 4.0? Yeah, certainly. So we, I mean, as a company, we can cover sort of the full breadth, the full life cycle of an Industry 4.0 initiative, right? Whether it's that conceptual design or trying to understand your ROI and whether or not a project's justified, but then through all of the design components as well. Um, vendor analysis, um, obviously there's a ton of technologies out there available now. Understanding what is the best technology for your current needs is a very difficult and daunting task for some people. Um, so we will perform those vendor analysis to provide you what we think is the best fit and then get approval for that before we move forward. Um, 
that and then going on beyond that through the implementation and like I said the validation and qualification so we're kind of uniquely situated to to cover that full project life cycle for our clients and really take the burden off their very valuable internal resources and help them help, help them execute these yeah that's projects. a good point and you know what I don't really know how much vendor selection has really come up as we've talked about a lot of these um, kind of initiatives but it is such an important piece of the puzzle and there's so many different ways that you can tackle it right it seems like there's a million wrong answers only and only so many right answers but but there's still a lot of right answers, right? There's a, I talk to a lot of customers, especially bigger customers, right? That um, have long-standing relationships with major technology providers, right? And they kind of want to stay within that ecosystem as much as possible and kind of see where they can stretch it. There's other customers that might be kind of more smaller manufacturers, or maybe they don't really have those relationships. Maybe they don't like their current provider. And do they switch to another big one? Do they look at a couple of different, more innovative companies that are doing kind of you know, really new stuff in the space, knowing that there's a little bit of risk in that. Like, it's a really interesting multifaceted problem where you're balancing risks and rewards and price like that all the time. So uh, yeah, the vendor selection, like you're, you're totally right. I, we, we could do a whole podcast just on that if we wanted to. And now I can do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so just a couple more questions. And uh, I, I do like this one. I always think it's fun, again, especially after Thanksgiving, where you know, a lot of the, the family and the people that I talk to have no idea about the technology that actually is running inside of a lot of these plants out there. But they know the technology they, they deal with every day, right? So what types of like consumer technologies or things that, you know, everybody's kind of using all the time now, do you really see making an impact on uh, automation and manufacturing in the future? Yeah, yeah, it is a great question. And I, for, for me personally, I think the one sort of, and it, it, it may not be so clear that it's a consumer technology for, <laughs> okay. for some people who aren't familiar with the industry, but um, cloud-based technologies, Ooh, okay. right? cloud computing. Um, and I mean, everybody, anybody who's gone on to uh, Amazon to purchase something has gained value from cloud-based technologies, <laughs> right? Um, the manufacturing space, though, um, only in only in specific cases are people really using it for its mm -hmm. true power. Um, many OT platforms or operational technology platforms were previously designed solely on-premise solutions, right, where you're leveraging a server stack in-house on uh, at the facility uh, and all of your compute infrastructure and compute processing is done on that server stack. Um, whereas today, with with the, the um, huge expansions and huge improvements to, to cloud technology, there's just so many so many benefits that you can gain by, by leveraging that technology. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of previously on-prem, solely on-prem solutions are now being modified for uh, a cloud infrastructure deployment, whether or not it's SCADA or data analytics or um, AI or ML, right? Um, if you can if you can offload some of that compute infrastructure, maybe for non-production critical functions up to the cloud to analyze and then spit back information back on-prem for you to take action, um, there's a huge amount of, of value in doing yeah. so. Um, solutions um, they've been working on this already for a number of years um, and they've taken sort of the software as a service model um, a little bit further already or than it, than it was previously been done um, and are offering a fully 21 CFR part 11 compliant cloud-based platform uh, and it's a platform as a service um, it's for SCADA historian reporting functionality alarming functionality um, and and some of the values um, not only you're you're um, removing on on-prem yep. compute infrastructure that can be very costly um, but you're also drastically reducing the time to start up right um, especially in today's day and age where supply chain is is uh, 
I, I don't even want to get into supply chain. It's <laughs> your favorite topic. Yeah, this is right the Industry Four O podcast, that's not right. your supply yeah. chain podcast, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I won't go off on that tangent, but uh, server infrastructure now, I mean, you, you order a server stack and it could be 12, 13, 14 months before you yeah. get it available or in-house to, to install. Um, so doing some of this cloud-based deployment or cloud-based infrastructure um, allows you to stand that up almost instantaneously within a number of hours rather than, or rather than a number yeah. of months, right? Um, but it also provides our clients uh, with their four hours clients with a, a fully managed and compliant platform that can be leveraged for many different functions, all while providing a full DevOps process. Yeah, flow. well, and, and a really interesting thing that you kind of started talking about early in that that I think is really uh, a good point, too, is how some people might not even realize how, what the degree to which that is consumer technology these days. And we have a long way to go there on the manufacturing side right now. Right. Like it is newer technology. Yeah. If you're installing a new cloud based system you know it because there's a lot of complexities to kind of getting that going. There's a lot of potential value, but it's not as seamless as, again, like if you're looking through your, your photos on your iPhone, some of those are not on your iPhone. Some of those are in the cloud. Some of them are really on your iPhone. Where are they? You don't know. You don't actually care. You know, it's a, as long as you can see them, as yeah, you need, exactly. it's fine. we're still quite a few steps away from that. But I did say what would happen in the next five years. So I'm going to give it to you. Um, <laughs> um, so, Hey, again, uh, I, I, you've listened to the podcast before you kind of know how we close these out. We kind of bring forward a question to ask previously, we get to let you ask one for someone in the future too. So, uh, a previous guest of ours asked, um, how important the edge is with all of these cloud architectures that are coming up. So I was wondering if you could provide any insights, um, around that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, edge technologies, I mean, there's, there's, a lot that are available now um, and can be deployed in a lot of different architectures and, and applications, right? So um, why is it important? Um, I think it allows you to implement these uh, um, more forward-looking architectures that were previously not feasible for, for manufacturers, right? So you have a small lightweight edge device installed at your facility that is uh, has a has an active connection up to the cloud for data transmission or store and forward if there is ever a loss in connection between the cloud or your internet connection mm -hmm. goes down for whatever reason. Um, but it allows you to very easily connect your, your physical devices at your facility and then transfer that data to the cloud or higher level applications for for processing, right? Um, but then there's there's there goes to one step further, which is there's there's edge there's edge architectures and then there's edge driven. Yeah. Um, concepts, right? Where as uh, an edge-driven concept, you would have um, devices that uh, you connect to an edge device and then without any configuration or customization or programming done, um, the information available from, let's say, that intelligent device, say it's a temperature sensor or a temperature and humidity sensor for, for EMS mm -hmm. monitoring, right? Um, it'll have a couple of uh, analog values that it needs to communicate out and maybe a, a device status or something like that. Um, in, in the edge driven um, concept, you would be able to connect that device up and, and instantaneously it would start to communicate its parameters or the it needs mm -hmm. to up to your higher level applications, be it your SCADA for then visualization, right? Um, and that, that brings in a whole new subset of benefits and challenges, right? Um, obviously in the regulated industry, edge-driven architectures might be a little bit more difficult to implement because you don't want to just have to, you don't want to be able to connect something and it start communicating to an application that's validated, mm 
um, whereas that that goes completely against the rules of validation, right? Um, so there's definitely some additional steps, but maybe in a non-validated environment, there's a, there's a lot more benefits that you can gain more immediately with less. Uh, less yeah, and, and on the other hand, actually, uh, edge devices might be key to solving some challenges of adopting the cloud in that regulated environment too, right? Edge can really be a great solution to that problem of what happens if I lose that internet connectivity, right? Um, it could be your device that's doing store and forward of data and tracking that temperature probe that you just talked about, waiting for its cloud database to come back online. So none of that data got lost. It just wasn't getting sent up to the cloud at the time, right? Or the other way that I've seen it is where, you know, there's a lot of concern about having um, devices and systems in the cloud control or manipulate mission critical systems on the plant floor because again what if that connection goes down well there's a lot of cool solutions around that i've seen it where maybe you're using the cloud to develop that first ai model that you uh need to develop but then that model actually gets downloaded to the edge device so you can still run these ai ml algorithms you've developed that your line has relied on they may not be improving the way that they might if they were full cloud cloudly connected Cloudly connected, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, good, good insight on that. And what um, questions do you have for for future guests about Industry Four O that you want to have answered? Yeah, so oh, let me think here. <laughs> you know, being being focused on the life sciences vertical, I think I'll kind of stay within sure. that that mindset a little bit. So um, I guess my question to the next guest and something that I'd like to. to learn a little bit more about and, and have future discussions about is, you know, out of all of these industry 4.0 technologies that are now being applied to regulated industries, right, like pharmaceuticals, what industry 4.0 technology do we think would be the most difficult to implement in a heavily regulated industry such as pharmaceuticals? And, and why would it be difficult? And what steps do we have to get to where it might be feasible? Obviously, with, with pharmaceuticals being such a, a risk adverse, repeatable, mm -hmm. reliable based in manufacturing space, how do we how do we overcome those? Yeah, problems? and um, and I think a reasonable question that goes along with that is like, is it actually worth it? Or are some of these technologies so challenging, exactly. so expensive to implement, the value is not there. And in which case, what is kind of the tipping point on that? What needs to happen to have that cost of value uh, ratio get evened out? Some. So, mind if I add that to your question? Okay. No, okay. not at all. I think that's a, a <laughs> awesome. Great well, hey. Thanks, Logan. It was it was awesome to have you here. Um, really cool insights. Great to kind of hear the Grant Tech spiel from someone that's not just me. Um, so no, really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody also for for listening as always. Um, we'd love to hear from everybody. So uh, follow the Grant Tech on LinkedIn. Stay up to date with everything that we're doing. Uh, you can always subscribe to the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email any questions, feedback on what we're doing here. Um, or if you even want to be a guest or something like that, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at grantech.com and join us next time on the Industry 4.0 podcast. Logan, great chat. Thanks again for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. Thank you.